Hello everyone and welcome to a solitary uncomplication rabbit hole. I am sitting in a cave on the coast of Maine on a cobblestone rocky beach watching a seagull fly by and playing my flute in time with the waves and watching the occasional lobster boat go by. And this moment for me fits into the context of this trip that I've been on. Having the intense privilege of uh, taking some time off to really do nothing. And I love a person who can do nothing well. Um, there's so much enjoyment to be had in truly doing nothing, of sitting, stacking rocks on top of rocks, watching the tides, just uh, really reveling in that nothing. And I've been doing that now for a few weeks, and now I have this uh, moment here with you, and it's sort of the culmination of a lot of these feelings and moments that I've, I've had privately as I sit here and, and realize the fleetingness of this moment and how inevitably my orbit will come back into alignment with uh, my friends and family and this little experience I'm having except for this recording is uh, of the same nature as a dream it's here so full and present and the light is shining and the waves breaking and everything happening in this this moving luminous reality and in a few moments and really in, in each moment that is changing and turning into something new and what was before is lost and what is now is now and what will happen will happen and I've had these moments um, throughout my life and I value them but what they bring to attention is how incredible it is that we share this universe this experience of life with other people and that's a weird thing to say because I'm, I'm actually looking at a busload of uh, sightseers go by on a sightseeing tour boat. I guess I should say a boatload of sightseers. And their engine noise is drowning out my uh, peaceful little cave and it calls to mind the saying that hell is other people. But what I've been reflecting on in this uh, silence, in this uh, period of reflection is how much we resonate off each other and how that really um, ultimately becomes a force far more powerful than these private moments as peaceful as they are. There is a concept in, in Hindu and uh, Buddhist philosophy of a, a type of Buddha that is a private Buddha 
and a, a Buddha just means an enlightened individual, so just someone who is awake. And a, and a Pratyeka Buddha is a private Buddha, and it's someone who's awake alone and goes into that experience of the deepest mystery and attains that enlightenment, but they do it alone. Uh, they go into the extremes, into the abyss, they burn up in the light of consciousness and just dissolve and they do it alone. And in that philosophy, this idea of a Pratyeka Buddha is almost a put-down term. It's uh, almost derogative. Uh, the character who has this amazing experience of life and, and what it's all about, of just experiencing it, and who does it alone, is, um, is almost a tragic figure, even though their enlightenment is, is real. And on the other hand is this concept of a bodhisattva. And a bodhisattva is one who has in their moments or just has at the root of their being that real enlightenment, but they return and live in the world of people and have all the same challenges and problems and, and everything else but they experience that with others. And that is the, the highest form of an enlightened individual, uh, or at least higher than that private kind. And that's going to a pretty big extreme of enlightenment, but I think just in our living, the connections that we have with others does something pretty remarkable and what it really does is it it creates our self and in the backdrop of all of this you could think of it as the the one self that shines through all things and you can get really heady and philosophical thinking about the oneness of everything but the 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 self that is yourself is really a reflection of all the other selves co-inhabiting and co-experiencing and co-creating reality and I've been talking about this sort of backdrop of the silence and the space and this moment I'm having here in this cave and what it calls to my attention is how transient these uh, moments of enlightenment or even of experience are and that having this experience calls out the the outstanding aspects of of my life and and the values that I have and those all in some way relate back to other people and in your listening to me babble now, I have a completely different experience of, of connectedness and of fullness that truly in this moment, as I sit here talking to myself, it's, 
If it's only me hearing these words and me thinking these thoughts, they just go into this vacuum that swallows everything. It's, it's that backdrop that every thought, every sight, every sound, every vibration comes out of. And back into all of that, all of this goes. But the fact that you are now listening and having your own experience in association with my experience is like an echo. It's like a reflection. And together we reflect each other, we complete each other, we, we know that we're there because we are there to, to another. And it's kind of neat to think about different systems of um, experiencing life and religion and philosophy or even science, it all orbits around this need to be observed and to be shared and to be heard. And in that uh, solitary experience, we find that deeper self, but in the shared experience we have together, we reflect that back and we actually create reality together. And I guess I'm bringing this up because also in my thoughts have been so many people that I love who I know are facing challenges and a lot of them are relationship challenges with um, significant others, this sort of male-female pairing that we have uh, and the idea of a, a partner in life or finding your other half all of the different ways we express that in metaphor the reality is uh, people coexisting together and it's funny that I painted this whole picture of the importance of others and of these relationships we have as sort of the backdrop and the the sort of solitary loneliness and um, the living so close to that that well, that void, uh, when we're by ourselves, kind of as that backdrop now really turning back around and looking at the challenges that come with all of these reflections and all of these people and the reflection of our own mind and thoughts as it relates to others. And I know several people, I mean a lot of people, most people I would even say, that are sort of struggling to wrap a, a better set of values or thoughts around the relationships they have and figure out where their priorities are. Are you going to pursue your life and your dreams? Are you going to go and pursue the life and dream of someone else? Are you going to find someone that you can co-create and co-explore and again in that sort of echo way sort of set up these bigger vibrations and I guess I'll just sort of turn the corner now and dive into some of these thoughts since they're top of mind but um, with with the uh, relationships the uh, life partner one of the things that I see clearly in so many people, myself included at times, 
is the uh, the size of the sacrifice that comes with joining yourself to someone else for a period of time or even for your life. And that sacrifice is to that self, that that single self that that really dwells in possibility and can be anything and has these ideas and visions and ambitions. And that self is really sacrificed when the self joins another and has to be braided into some kind of a um, relationship. Relationships require definition. It's, it's sort of strange. In that individuality, we really are boundless in who we can be and what we can think and where we can go and, and the adventures we can have. And relationship, to have a relationship, you need things that are relatable. And the only thing we can really relate are ideas and values. And you have this idea and I have this idea and now we're in relation around these ideas. We have ideas of who we are. We have ideas of who each other are. We have ideas of what the world is about. And as we communicate those and share those, our position comes more and more into focus. If I meet a new person every day, I'm, I'm new every day. And that's exciting, but it is limiting. To be perfectly boundless is to be perfectly substanceless. And so in our relationships, we set up these, these, um, these ideas of who we are and it coaxes our own thoughts and values out in the form of vocal communication and body language and even physical and even sexual communication and uh, contact with each other. And we find out where our edges are and we can settle into that as being a real kind of permanent thing. And I think the challenge then is that over time, these uh, static relationships have to equilibrate because we don't stay the same. We're always changing. And so if I'm with you t today and we have an experience and we have a relationship and I don't see you for some time, when we come back together, each of us has changed. Uh, we change you will change before this, this sentence is out of my mouth. And so we're either um, changing together or we're changing apart. And so with these relationships, we have these um, waypoints where we sort of solidify our ideas of who the other person is. And then as time progresses, those inevitably come into conflict because we come into conflict. Um, we are constantly picking up and putting aside uh, old ideas and new ideas and changing. And so this, uh, this, this challenge that so many people face with their relationships is the sacrifice of the self to 
Well, here's the interesting thing to the other. I'm just going to say that for now, but I'm going to come back to that here in a second. Is that sacrifice. And then it's also the, the, the relationship and the change and managing that change and understanding that change and embracing that change and knowing the cycles of that change. And um, so the, the sacrifice, I want to talk about that because I think that's a really neat line of thought. Is that I know a lot of people who feel like they sacrifice to their other, to their partner, and that is that sacrifice of the self, of that potential, of the having no relationship and no definition. The sacrifice is all those things you could do. But uh, that sacrifice is made. It is real. When I end my little solitary um, time here on this coast and go back and meet up with my other, I trade in this uh, sort of boundless uh, personal potential for whatever my relationship is with my wife. Uh, and so that, that, that uh, sacrifice is real, but who is the sacrifice to, or what is the sacrifice to? If you go through your relationship feeling like the sacrifice is to the other person, that I am sacrificing my dreams or my potential for you, then there is always this sort of debt that is recognized. Because the other person, if they feel the same way, then they are sacrificing all of their potential for you. And that is a position that, that you really can't exist in because you can't pay it back. You can't cope with that. You can't apologize for who you are and who your uh, dreams or what your dreams are. Uh, so you, that sort of um, co-sacrifice to the other is, is very tricky. I think it's a, it's a big cause of a lot of the stress. I think another way to, th to look at it is that that self is being sacrificed, and that is real. But rather than the sacrifice to the other, the sacrifice is to the relationship. And the relationship kind of exists as this third entity that the two together create. And if you think about that, if, if both partners or even uh, multiple partners are sacrificing that self to the relationship, then it's as if everyone is pouring their energy, their passion, their dreams into a community well, raising the level for everyone, and the, the sacrifice is made to this shareable, um, non-personal um, source of, of, again, energy and, and possibility, so that two people together have more possibility in that same uh, backdrop of nothingness uh, as I said, I sit here alone and I have my personal potential and my personal change. But if I sat here with my wife, together we have an even broader realm of possibility. And like I was saying, t together we really amplify and reflect and, and uh, perpetuate what it is to be alive. And so that... Um, 
enlightenment becomes shared and we and we aren't a a private thing we're we're more than that and so this idea of the sacrifice to the relationship um, I think is a powerful one and I think it is really sort of hidden in our in our wedding vows and and some of the cues that have been handed down to the generations uh, for us in that uh, when we when we take someone as a wife or as a husband or as a partner of any kind in that kind of uh, wedding um, ritual, we say, I, I take you in poverty and in riches, in sickness and in health, in good times and in bad times. We paint this spectrum on both sides to the extreme and I take you right in the middle of that, right as you are. And that, to me, is, is sort of a clue that it is the, the relationship that is what is being formed and what is, what is special. And that to take that other person just as they are is to just invite in this other mirror to reflect your life back to you and if both parties can experience that, then there's really that possibility to, to change. And so the relationship um, becomes what is, what is changing along with the people. And it's almost like this buffer. So that if I have this idea of my uh, wife as this one thing that is static and I want her to be this way and I want her to do these things and we've had these past experiences so this is who she is and I, and I have this sort of rigid sense of what this other person is, the, the relationship can act as that buffer that together we are... We need to relate. We need to be relatable. We need to communicate. We need to experience things together. You can't have a relationship without communication and without co-experience because that is what a relationship is. So to bring... Um, and that's not to say that we have to be together all the time. It's just that frequency. It's that making it, making it work, making that uh, commitment to that sort of other as a as a equal star to orbit around uh, I think that is what allows us to change gracefully and to change well together and uh, relationships that began from a very um, myopic view or polar view if someone is just your uh, sexual partner in crime or is a uh, means to an end in a moment of uh, sort of self-identity. If, it's, if it's, a, it's a fixed point, it will come into conflict with the changing nature of who you are and what you think and what you feel and what you want and what you uh, fear and love and all of those things. And so... Again, this relationship is sort of the buffer, the, the kitty <laughs> that we put our uh, energy into that kind of radiates back to us this um, complement 
this identity, this uh, knowing who we are more fully because we are reflected in, in our other and we can balance each other and we can uh, uh, co-create uh, the world. I know I'm kind of rambling. I do apologize. Um, so let me try and wrap this back around into a couple other thoughts. So I was talking with uh, someone special to me about exactly these types of uh, problems. And I love that I just used the word problem because that is something that I talked an awful lot about. Because when I'm, I'm talking about relationships, I'm talking about this sort of change and this sort of uh, dance and this rhythm. Um, I was mentioning earlier these rhythms and kind of recognizing these patterns of change. Everything goes through these, these cycles and these patterns. I've recognized this with my wife so many times that we just go through these, um, these uh, seasons. We go through these uh, cycling changes in how we feel and sometimes I'm very excited and up, other times I'm depressed and sometimes our, um, you know, our, even our sexual relationship is elevated and then it kind of drops away and there's these cycles that just uh, come and go and come and go and recognizing those and recognizing where the communication comes in is what allows us to really um, be reborn with each other each each day, each time, uh, learning who the, the person with with you has become and and sharing and and really and discovering you know who you are and how you feel in the in the process. Uh, but this idea of a problem, sorry, that was a little sidetrack. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about these cycles, um, but back to the problem. Everybody has a problem if they decide they have a problem. Problems are so easy to get because all you have to do is get one. Is to say, I have a problem. Or to think, this is a problem. Uh, if you think you have a problem, then you do. But what is a problem? Uh, I'm, I'm talking about this now sort of in general, but wrapping it back into the context of relationships, a relationship problem. What is the problem? Well, isn't it amazing that we have the power and the opportunity to define the problem? Uh, we get to give the problem definition, and so we have a, a pretty powerful uh, leverage over our problem, because just by defining it differently, I can change it. Uh, indeed, it is a fluid type of thing, if it is a thing at all. And so if you think about your other, and you ask yourself, well, what is the problem? What is our problem? You now have this opportunity to um, paint that any way you'd like. And so one of the things I was talking uh, very recently about is how... Uh, redefining our, th our, our way of thinking about problems can often make them go away. And one of the characteristics of problems is that there's a sort of a time component to them. They are uh, 
a limiting factor on something that we're trying to accomplish or uh, a way that we feel. And there is the hope and expectation and the thought that uh, the problem can be solved and at some future time uh, the, the problem will go away. And so, I don't know, um, the, the definition of the problem is the problem. Uh, if Well, that's, that's how I'm defining the problem. You see how this gets really sticky and kind of weird? And so as I sat with my um, loved one and talked about her relationship problems, um, I was just trying to call to attention the fact that that it was, it was really a creative opportunity in the definition of the problem and that that in itself is something to just reflect on and to just think about. Um, because a problem can go away with a new thought. A, um, a different way of, of thinking about your situation, or just hearing a new piece of advice, or just talking it out with uh, that person, uh, can make the problem go away. <laughs> Sorry, I'm now kind of walking back along this really rocky beach as the tide is coming in, and so if I kind of stutter, it's because my uh, step is having to be more and more thoughtful. So. Yeah, that, that, the thinking about the problem, uh, I find that interesting in uh, these sort of relationship um, musings. This dog I knew wasn't going to like me walking by his little beachfront. I'll do my best to just keep going. Okay. It's okay, I promise. I'm a friendly. Good boy. I'm just passing through. Good boy. You stay. Hey dog, what's your problem? Okay, bringing it all back together. Um, so another little thought, just to kind of share something that I liked, was that um, One of the interesting things about this whole idea of the relationship being sort of this separate thing and really the focus of attention more than the other person is necessarily because as the wedding vows sort of indicate it can really be any person that you are with and in uh, a lot of cultures you don't have a choice you have an arranged marriage that you are just given your life partner and a set of ideas and philosophies that hopefully will make it work for you. And those actually have a much higher success rate than our system of uh, love and passion and 
um, decision and discerning, um, you know, what do we want? What is our, what is the best mate for me? And what is my dream? And what is their dream? And is it compatible? And, and those types of things. In a lot of uh, systems, you don't get a choice. You get a mate. And so, um, again, that, that sort of relationship as the third entity that both people are putting their energy into to create almost a vehicle to help them uh, navigate and explore. Um, one thing that I was sort of thinking about with um, the person who I was talking to was that they were at this point where they were really trying to figure out if there was even the possibility to move forward together. And they were thinking, well, I'm over here and I want this and they're over there and they want that. And is it going to work? And one of the uh, sort of little realizations that I sort of liked was thinking about how the relationship is always sort of a a sum of what the two parties put into it. And that that is, it is a whole. The relationship is a whole. It's not broken. Um, it just is what it is. And so to be, again, focused on the individuals and what they want, you have these, you know, poles pulling apart. And there's just sort of this uh, vague space in the middle. And it is commonly said, and I definitely have experienced and, and have come to appreciate the power of the middle way, that anytime you have a set of extremes, that it's usually in the middle where um, the path of least resistance is, and also that all extremes taken to the extreme eventually become each other, that to go fully in one direction is to come back, uh, back upon where you started. And so this idea of the, the, the pairs pulling apart and, and wanting different things and trying to figure out, well, what is this you know, middle way? Uh, it really sort of struck me that you can't get to the middle if you're starting on different sides. And that's kind of a weird, weird thing to picture, but you can only really get in the middle if you're in the middle. And... So, I was talking to my, uh, the, the person I was talking to, and, um, you know, it was, uh, what I was kind of saying was that if you can find what that relationship is now, together, and just talk about that, whatever it is, uh, including the frustration, including the miscommunication, including all of that, but just have that as a common starting point and just take that as it is and don't look at it so much as a problem as much as just a a shared paradigm that if you can do that then you're 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 starting from the same point and you are in the middle i mean the, the middle is just where the two parties interface that's always this sort of middle and that is the relationship and so if you can find, you know, all right, so this really results in a lot of frustration. This really results in a lot of frustration. But you know what? This thing we have, 
brings joy to me, and it brings joy to you too, and it is something we have in common that we agree is something we want to maintain. Well, at least we've got that. We have, we have something to hold in common. And moving forward, the relationship is the blossoming of even just that one together experience. And to stay in the middle is to just continually kind of bring to each other these different pieces to see if they link together. And if they do, and they can be embraced, then they become part of that. And if not, they are discarded. But I don't necessarily think that it is that one person has to sacrifice for the dreams of the other, or one person has to be in service of the other person, or this sort of, um, again, um, you know, keeping, keeping tabs on who owes who what, but rather this idea of sort of a co, um, co-adventure. And wrapping back to what I really started talking about, this reflection of ourselves in the experience we have with other people. And I'm actually right here and I'm looking at two people skip stones together. The guy skipped a stone right past a seagull and the seagull flew and the two of them are there together. If it was just him, again, that is this sort of backdrop of um, absorptive potential. It just, it's, it's there, it's for you, and it's gone. But together, they, they reflect it. They, they make it last a little longer, and now they have a shared experience that they can, that they can reflect on. Um, and so that, you know, is, is sort of the, the, the value and I've sort of talked myself in circles here. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to kind of pull up and land this thing um, successfully. But, yeah, I guess uh, I'll just end again by uh, really thanking you. Uh, if you're listening to this, as improbable as that is, whoever you may be, uh, it is you that makes me exist. And that if I weren't talking to you, I'd be talking into the, into the void. And so it's this relationship, this relation between you and I, that gives me the feeling of whatever it is I may be. And um, what a strange, remarkable, curious, uh, amazing thing. So uh, I'm going to see if I can coax you to take it a step further. Um, you know, I just kind of do this for my own enjoyment but my enjoyment is so much multiplied when I see a comment or even the number of listeners or a like. And so, um, as marketing-y as it sounds, uh, if you leave a comment, I will respond and I would love to have a conversation. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, from the cool coasts of Maine, thank you for going down this rabbit hole with me. Um, it is only when we are together that we are.